What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor Zac Efron and the movies Bodies, 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 and How They Made Us. First, let's talk about the career of Zac Efron. Efron became more famous than most Disney Channel stars usually do for starring as Troy Bolton in 2006's High School Musical, 2007's High School Musical 2, and High School Musical 3, which was released in theaters and made over 250 $52 million at the box office in 2008. Usually, kids' entertainment on Disney Channel is separated from adults, but this was one of those rare cases where everyone knew the name Zac Efron. My dad knew Zac Efron, as well as my sisters, as well as my mom. Everyone knew the name Zac Efron, and that was super rare back then. And there really hasn't been an equivalent to him since. And when an actor like Efron becomes famous for playing one role like Troy Bolton, and it's easy for that actor to get typecast and to a certain degree that happened to Efron. He had a role in Hairspray, another musical that gives off the impression that all Efron is is a song and dance man. Efron did start to fight back against type with starring roles in Me and Orson Welles with Claire Danes directed by Richard Linklater and Seventeen Again, a teen comedy with Matthew Perry and Leslie Mann. My personal perspective on Efron changed when he started to star in a string of R-rated comedies where he is mostly playing a lovable fun dummy. These films include Neighbors with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, that awkward moment with Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan both in 2014, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates with Adam Devine, Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza, Dirty Grandpa with Robert De Niro, Neighbors 2 Sorority Uprising all in 2016, and 2017's Baywatch with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Alexandra Daddario. Some of these films are funnier than others, some of them are bad, but all in all, Efron is consistently funny in them. I would compare Efron in a way to Channing Tatum, who blew up after starring in Step Up and later showed his comedic chops in 21 Jump Street. Like Tatum, Efron is surprisingly really funny. Unlike Tatum, though, Efron has yet to establish himself as a leading man in a big movie. Post-high school musical, Efron's mostly been given supporting roles roles alongside bigger names like Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman, Matthew McConaughey in The Paperboy. 2022 has been the year where Efron has been given free leading roles. In Gold, a film that got solid reviews, Firestarter, a Stephen King adaptation that has been deemed one of the worst movies of the year and the greatest beer run ever, where he plays the comedic character of Chicky. I really like Efron in this flawed yet sometimes enjoyable movie. It's the type of performance that makes you think Efron could still be a movie star. I'm excited for an upcoming Efron movie that I think will challenge him as an actor. The film is called The Iron Claw and it's going to co-star Jeremy Allen White and is going to be directed by Sean Durkin, the man behind the indie films Martha Marcy, Mae Marlene, and The Nest. After this movie, we should know if Efron is a real good dramatic actor. And I think he is, by the way, because my favorite Zac Efron performance came in the movie, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, where he plays infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. I thought casting Efron was brilliant, and he gives a really good, interesting performance.
performance. I like the movie a lot, but will admit it's not great. If it was, Efron would have received more attention for it. Efron's most underrated performance is in The Greatest Showman. My favorite scenes of that film were the ones between Efron and fellow former Disney star Zendaya. I was impressed with Efron after seeing this. This was a different kind of musical than High School Musical, where people forget he didn't even sing in the first movie. I will admit, after watching The Greatest Showman, I thought both Zac Efron and Zendaya would blow up, but really only Zendaya has, and because she's been in so many better movies than Zac Efron has, she's been in franchise movies like Spider-Man that have done really well, she was in Dune, and you know she's going to be a bigger part of the sequel to Dune, Zac Efron just doesn't have that perfect movie. He has not been in a great film yet. I think the best movie he's been in overall is Neighbors, and people don't really give him credit for the success of that movie because it has bigger stars like Seth Rogen, it has Rose Byrne. I would say the most surprising thing about Efron's career to this point is that he hasn't ended up as a superhero in a Marvel movie because he is the ideal guy to play that kind of bland superhero role. I'm surprised it hasn't happened. There was rumors that he was maybe going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 as the villain Adam Warlock. That role eventually went to Will Porter. I would not be shocked if Zac Efron eventually ended up in a Marvel movie because that's where I think most people end up in nowadays. I'm personally rooting for Efron because he's taking on challenging roles and doing things that are different than the thing that made him famous in the first place. I think in the next five years, we will all feel very differently towards Efron than we do right now. I think his star will rise. I hope he becomes more than just the guy from High School Musical. And a lot of people will listen to this podcast and probably think it will never happen. But look, it is possible. I think Kristen Stewart has outgrown Twilight. I think Robert Pattinson is more than just Twilight. Dakota Johnson is more than just Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, you can overcome those things that you became prominent for. And I think it can happen in a flash. Efron just needs one really good performance in a great movie, and then we'll start to think of him as more than just the guy from High School Musical. And I really do think it's going to happen. Here's a list of noteworthy performances given by Zac Efron. High School Musical, Hairspray, Me and Orson Welles, The Paperboy, Neighbors, That Awkward Moment, The Greatest Showman, The Beach Bum, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, and The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Here's a quick synopsis. A group of friends get together to play their favorite game, Bodies, 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 and in the middle of the game, things get too real. The film stars Amanda Stenberg, Maria Bakalova, Myla Harold, Chase Sue Wonders, Rachel Sennett, Pete Davidson, and Lee Pace. Standout performances. Everyone in this movie is very good. The ones that caught my attention were Maria Bakalova, who proved she's more than a one-hit wonder after starring in the Borat sequel. She's subtle, soft-spoken, and really interesting in this movie. Rachel Sennett is the comedic relief of this movie. She's given a lot of the funniest lines. I love the bits involving her character's podcast. And finally, Lee Pace gives a wildly fun performance. Bakalova will next have a role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Sennett will be in the HBO series The Idol with The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp. I'm super excited for that show because it comes from Euphoria creator Sam Levinson. The show looks really stylish, and I'm just really interested to see if The Weeknd can act. Let's 
talk about the most famous person in this movie, Bodies, 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 and that would be Pete Davidson, who since breaking out with the King of Staten Island, has mostly taken supporting roles in The Suicide Squad and now this film. This year, he also has had the romantic comedy Meet Cute with Kaylee Cuoco, which I thought was fine. I'm interested to see if Davidson finds success as an actor. He will next star in a show about his life called Bubkiss with Edie Falco and Joe Pesci, and the movie Wizards from director David Michaud co-starring Orlando Bloom. What I find interesting about Pete Davidson is most people leave Saturday Night Live and become mega, mega comedy movie stars. I'm talking about Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Eddie Murphy. The list goes on and on. Pete Davidson is actually trying to be a dramatic actor right out of the gate. He's not trying to star in these studio comedies with these really dumb premises that make him look like the funniest person on planet Earth. He is taking dramatic roles. His role in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is funny, but this is not a comedy. And I don't know if this is by choice. Like, does Pete Davidson want to be a mega comedy star, or does he want to be a legitimate dramatic actor? because we've never seen that from a Saturday Night Live star right out of the gate. We're used to Mike Myers starring in Austin Powers. Even The King of Staten Island, which is a comedy, is super dramatic. There's all this talk lately about how comedy movies of the theaters are dead, and I think Pete Davidson is a perfect example of that. Here's this guy who's one of the most famous people on planet Earth, yet he doesn't want to do a comedy. He wants to be in dramas. I've never seen anything like it and I think not enough people are talking about the fact that Pete Davidson is like the fifth lead of a movie in Bodies 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 instead of a huge mega movie star in his own comedies like back in the day Adam Sandler did. I will say part of me thinks that this is just Davidson wanting to do dramatic work. Maybe he doesn't want to do movies like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. Maybe he wants to be the fifth guy in a movie like Bodies Bodies Bodies. This movie movie is a satire about modern youth culture, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a movie that has gotten rave reviews from people outside of that culture. I'm interested to know if young people would look at this movie as a fair portrayal, or would they view it as an insult? Would they view the characters as complicated, well thought out, or are they dumb stereotypes? I like this movie. A lot of the performances were really fun. It has a consistent tone, but I do not think it has anything profound to say about young people. I'm also interested to see what the consensus is about the film's ending. I didn't hate it, but I could understand if somebody found it underwhelming. This movie is an A24 film and it feels similar to some of the company's past movie Spring Breakers and Zola in both the style of the movie and the subject matter. It feels like A24 it was synonymous with making horror films and party movies about young people with bodies, bodies, bodies being the latter. Overall, I really liked Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's a well-acted comedy murder mystery movie. Like most satire, some of the stuff it says rings true, while some of it feels hollow. It feels like we are living in a time period that's almost impossible to satirize. It's also hard to judge. Satire's in the moment. It's possible in a few years this movie looks ridiculous to those who watch it. Time will tell if this is a satire that lives on or is forgotten. I also feel like with some of these movies, 
people miss the point of them. Like Spring Breakers, for example. I feel like we talk about that movie and all we talk about is that insane performance given by James Franco. We don't actually remember the movie all of that much. And this movie has that same similar tone. Like in the next five years, are we only going to talk about how Lee Pace was a wild man and bodies, 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 and then largely ignore the rest of the movie? Because that has what happened with Spring Breakers. And you can almost say the same thing about Zola, a movie I really liked last year. I mean, it feels like all we talk about when we talk about that movie now is that great performance given by Coleman Domingo. It feels like these movies themselves are just not that memorable. I think there have become two type of movies in modern day. They're the movies that when the ending comes, it gives you all of the answers and you immediately get what the movie was going for. And then you have this movie. This movie's ending leaves a lot more questions than answers. Like, what is this movie saying about youth culture? I think it's kind of up in the air. Like, this movie is not simple. You really have to think about it. A lot of people are going to take different things from that ending. In the end, I think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is going to become a movie that's more well-known because of the performances given by both Rachel Sennett and Lee Pace. I think it's a fun, entertaining movie that you won't want to watch over and over again. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie as they made us. Here's a quick synopsis. Abigail is dealing with her dad being terminally ill when she begins to reconnect with her estranged brother. The film stars Diana Agron, Simon Helberg, Candace Bergen, and Dustin Hoffman. Spotlight performances. I was blown away by Diana Agron, who people best know from Glee. She is in every scene of this movie and is the emotional anchor of the film. She gives one of my favorite performances this year. After the Big Bang Theory ended, no one would have thought that the one who would have the most interesting post-show career would be Simon Helberg, but it's true. He's become a really good supporting actor. I really liked him in A Net with Adam Driver. He, of course, was also really good in Florence Foster Jenkins with Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant. In this, he's not given a ton of scenes, but still finds a way to be effective. Helberg will next have a role in the television series Poker Face from director Ryan Johnson. The director of As They Made Us is Helberg's Big Bang co-star Mayim Bialik, who of course played Amy, Sheldon Cooper's love interest in the show. This is her directorial debut. I was super impressed by it. There's not one thing this movie does that I don't like. It fairly gives every viewpoint of every character in the movie. A lot of movies have you only empathize with who the lead of the movie is. The strong point of this movie is you can empathize with every character. You understand what Diana Agron is going through in this movie. Her character is going through a lot, but you don't just empathize with her. You also see the struggle of Candace Bergen, who plays the mother, Dustin Hoffman, who plays the father, and Simon Helberg, who plays the brother. You understand their viewpoints. I think that's what makes a good movie. Look at a movie like Ferris Bueller. Yes, it's great that Ferris is a great character, but what makes that movie so good is that you empathize with Cameron, his best friend. You also empathize with his sister. It's more than just the main character. When a movie can become more than just its main character is when it becomes a really good movie. Also, a lot of movies about families try to simplify things or categorize people in them. One thing this movie lets itself be is complicated. The father in it, played by Dustin Hoffman, is not a great guy, and he's not the absolute worst either. He's complicated. The same for the mother, played by Candace Bergen. The movie is realistic and entertaining at the same time.
time, which is really hard to be nowadays. The movie just never feels corny, which is hard for a movie about a guy dying because you know you watch that movie and you want to cry or whatever, but that's not the case with this movie. It doesn't use that emotion against you like a lot of these movies tend to do. I do want to talk about the Big Bang Theory for a minute because two of the most prominent members of that show are involved in this movie, and Mayim Bialik, who directed it, and Simon Helberg, who is a co-star in it. What's interesting about what has happened post that show ending is that the people who have had the most success are the ones who are not easily identified as that one thing that they were on the Big Bang Theory. Look at Kaylee Cuoco. You don't look at her and you say she's just Penny because we knew her before she was Penny on that show and also she's done some other things. She's been on the Harley Quinn show voicing that character. Like, we don't look at Cuoco as just one thing, being Penny. We don't think of Simon Helberg as just playing Howard and we don't think of Mayim Bialik as just playing playing Amy. The person who had the most success on that show was Jim Parsons. He won, what, three Emmys in a row for playing Sheldon Cooper? But when you look at Jim Parsons, you think of Sheldon Cooper, and that's why I think he hasn't had the most mainstream success of this group post the show ending. I don't think he's a bad actor. I just think it's going to be hard to ever think of him as anything other than Sheldon Cooper. I think there's room for some of these other people to do other things, like Mayan Bialik is co-hosting Jeopardy. Parsons is the one who is just so synonymous with that show that it's just going to be so curious to see if in the next five to ten years he ever does anything close to as popular as that show or if he's ever thought of anything outside of being Sheldon Cooper. Like I was talking about Zac Efron with Troy Bolton. It's that similar thing. Like we know that guy because of that thing and nothing else. What happened with Michael J. Fox back in the day just doesn't happen anymore. Like Michael J. Fox was a sitcom star who won Emmys and then starred in the biggest movie on planet Earth, Back to the Future. That's just not going to happen to Jim Parsons. He's also not as young as Michael J. Fox was. He was on The Big Bang Theory for 15 seasons. I just don't know if we're ever going to think of Jim Parsons as anything other than Sheldon Cooper or if he'll ever be given opportunities like these other cast members have been given since the show ended. He might not ever be given his version of the flight attendant or be given supporting roles in dramatic movies like Simon Helberg has been given because it's probably viewed as if we hire this guy to be in our movie, anything anyone will think of is the Big Bang Theory and Sheldon Cooper. Getting back to this movie as they made us it understands how powerful the bond between siblings can be. You can go years and years without seeing one another and then all of a sudden see each other and have that same connection you had as a child. Like a family member, there's no other connection that's as weird or as palpable as a family member has with one another. It's a very strange, endearing bond. Overall, As They Made Us is a very good movie that has largely been ignored. I had no expectations going in and came out really enjoying this film. Diana Agron and Simon Helberg are great in this movie. And I have not always been the biggest fan of Maya Bialik. I didn't really like Amy on The Big Bang Theory. I thought she got too much credit. I think Kaylee Cuoco was much better as Penny. So I was upset that she was getting accolades over Cuoco. But I have to say this is one of the better directorial debuts of 2022. So I have to give Bialik credit for that. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of
of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of actor Zac Efron and check out the movies Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and How They Made Us. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of Zazie Betts and the star-studded film Amsterdam directed by David O. Russell. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.